Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Heves. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Heese, and we are back, guys, with another fall food plotting-related episode here. Thanks for returning once again. We have episode 140 with Mr. Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots. Guys, we're going to cover a lot of food plot stuff in this quick episode. We're going to cover what you should be planting right now, mid-August, how to plant it correctly in terms of fertilizer, um, both foliar or granular. We're going to talk about different portions of the U.S. and what grows great. We're going to talk about some of Nick's special mixes. Uh, including the crop duster mix he came out with, his deep woods mix. A lot of stuff regarding Killer Food Plus line of products and getting that stuff in the ground, you know, right now. So we do have a discount code with Killer Food Plus if you guys are interested in saving 10% off and free shipping on anything from KillerFoodPlus.com. Use the code HP10% sign, HP10%. That's going to, you know, help support the podcast by showing Killer Food Plus that you know, our listeners enjoy using their products and, and also save you guys some money. Um, you know, free shipping and 10% off, that's free money. You know, you can't, can't be mad about that. So, if you, you know, if you want to check out Nick's stuff at Killer Food Plots, here is a great episode to talk about it. Now, I want to dive into uh, Exodus trail cameras before we get the show going here. The guys at Exodus just wrapped up the Velvet Fest campaign. So, if you guys... You know, posted any velvet pictures and used our hashtag. You were entered in. Um, if you win something, let us know. That'd be awesome. But I wanted to talk about the cell cameras that Brian and I are going to be running this year. So we are running the Render from Exodus. Um, he's running a couple of those. They're nice cell cameras. The solar panel attachment. Just cannot wait to get them in the woods. Brian, Brian has an unboxing video that he made on going up on the YouTube page, you'll be able to see everything about the Exodus render, you know, initial thoughts right out of the box as he opens his cameras. So check that out on our YouTube. But also, if you're a Habitat Podcast land plan client, we have a, an exclusive Exodus discount for you. So any of our past clients, I'm going to be sending you an email or a text with this discount code, um, you know, and uh, you know, feel free to use that saves you money on cameras. Again, free money, guys. Trying to get some incentives for for these companies and for you guys, and and that's just another great one for our our current and past land plan clients. Other cameras can be seen over at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Google Exodus Outdoor Gear, Exodus Trail Cameras. You'll find their website. And if you're not familiar with their YouTube content yet, they are doing a bang-up job there. Check them out on YouTube, give them the subscribe, hit that button, hit the like button on Facebook, and check them out. Now, the listeners have been leaving some awesome reviews. Thank you guys very much for that. Um, really, really pumped about that, and, and just, you know, you guys help us by doing that. So thank you for those who have left a review. Um, more decals shipping out, free decals for the review, and just we are very appreciative of it, and it helps us to stay on top of the Habitat chart. All right, well, I would also like to thank Packer Max Cultipackers, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, 
Morris Nursery. Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction. And Killer Food Plots. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. We have some uh, cool discussions going on over the Habitat chat page, so be sure to show, you, show us your new growth from your food plots if they're already in. Uh, my brassica should be popping. Can't wait to get out and check those. And uh, you know, just thanks again for tuning in to the Habitat Podcast. Here we are with uh, Nick Percy at Killer Food Plots. All things fall food plots. All right, guys, we're trying this one again with uh, Nick Percy from Killer Food Plots. We got Brian Hallbly over in Pennsylvania. We tried a little recording last night. Internet wasn't letting it happen, but we got you loud and clear today, buddy. Cool. Sounds good, man. We're looking forward to it. You know, I guess um, you've been on the show, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, somewhere in there. And every every episode is great, full packed full of food plot seed knowledge. I mean, and now's the time of year. So, what are you doing today? What are you up to today in the world of Nick Percy and Killer Food Plots? Oh, uh, we're still grinding out food plots. Uh, we're in Michigan at the moment. Uh, last week we were down in Indiana, Ohio um, area. Now we're back in Michigan this week, uh, pounding out food plots and trying to get the soil built and get the crops in the ground. We've had perfect weather. I know everybody's miserable with this high humidity and and continuous rain followed by high, high heat. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's my fault. I keep praying for <laughs> humid weather because that's ideal for growing food plots. It looks like for the foreseeable next month anyway, we're going to be in that pattern, which is perfect for those who are – Still uh, in the process of putting in food plots, or you know, still trying to get a game plan together to put their fall plots in. Yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. It is sticky, humid right now here in West Michigan, where where I'm at. You're not far. And uh, Nick, guess how much rain we got last night? Um, I have that rain detector over in my food plots in Central Michigan area. It was like. 2.7 inches last night when we were in the camper. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty intense. I couldn't even see it. Trying to look across the street. And across the road from me, and I couldn't even see, barely see the car in the driveway. Uh, last night it was raining so hard, and it did it for quite a long time. So I'm sure you guys camping on the lakeshore – uh, made it rather intense with that kind of rain and wind. We like to keep things interesting, so that's for sure. It was. Uh, you know, we're, we're happy to get all this rain, though. You know, to your point, it's it's humid, but you know, my brassica should be popping and should be looking pretty good. I mean, you know, we, we kind of covered this a little bit yesterday. A lot of people might think it's too late to get their stuff in the ground, um, you know, it being the, the 12th of August here. What are your thoughts on, on timing? I mean, you're still working, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think in the where we are uh, in the upper Midwest, the northern part of the Midwest, uh, normally August is the best month because generally July and the first part of August are usually dry and in a dry have the uh, we don't have the moisture to germinate, and the temperatures are blistering hot. 
that don't have the right combination. And this year we had the perfect combination. And August is usually when we put them in because we will start getting dew in the morning, which is more than enough to germinate and to grow killer food plots, you know, deep woods, lethal winter oats, carnage. But this year we're being blessed with ideal, kind of ideal conditions with good moisture, consistent rain showers, and the humidity that we need to really kick things off quickly, germinate, and get up and out of the ground. Yes, sir. And, and Brian, you've actually been having some success with your no-till killer food plots down at the Ohio lease. You want to tell us about how those are looking? Yeah, never, never, uh, no shortage of being impressed with with the seed that Nick puts out for everybody. Because uh, seems like no matter how I plant it, whether it's till up the ground, uh, run it through a, a seeder or a drill, or just broadcast it in a no-till situation, it just always seems to come up. And I've uh, just been really impressed with it. And what we got going on down at the uh, test farm in Ohio. Uh, we planted a killer food plot mix of, um, we put some of the deep woods out, we put some of the uh, border patrol out, we put some of the uh, resurrection clover out earlier in the summer after we sprayed and let it die for a couple of weeks, and then we, we uh, packer maxed the uh, thatch down over top of everything, so... Didn't have the greatest growing conditions over the summer. It was pretty dry, but uh, had just enough rain, enough timely rain to get everything going. And, gosh, we went down there, and I, I posted some pictures on our Facebook and Instagram of the Border Patrol. It's it's eight foot high already. Oh, that's phenomenal. Well, we really pride ourselves in having the highest germination uh, in the industry, and that's a big deal for us. So I'm glad to see it panning out things are really rocking for you guys that no-till is something that a lot of people can do um without having fifty thousand dollar tractors and implements and all those details uh factors you know where they've got a backpack sprayer hand sprayer a heavy tine rake and some ambition they can go plant themselves a very successful killer two plot yeah 100 percent for sure and uh people have been following us for a couple of years I've seen, I've done it with everything from full farm equipment to down to just a sprayer and an ATV. So that's the beauty of the products. And now that you're getting worldwide, or I uh, shouldn't say worldwide, but countrywide uh, representation in like tractor supply and other suppliers, everybody has access to your seed. Everybody has access to at least hand equipment. So uh, anybody can do this. So if you're listening and you've been hesitant, just get out there and get a couple bags and uh, give it a shot. You'll be impressed. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a uh, a long road of trying to to expand our reach for our for our clients and to make the products more accessible. We also offer free shipping on everything on our website, which really helps the accessibility for people and making it available to anybody who needs it. And if you don't have time or can't get to a store or don't have one near you, you know, you can still gather up uh, your shopping list, head to the Internet, and order from your phone or from your computer and get it delivered to the front door. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all of our listeners, we have that 
uh, code for everybody to save 10% and get the free shipping. So make sure you check that out too. Take advantage of that. So what do you got going on for planting today? Are you heading out to put some stuff in the ground? Yeah, we are um, headed up uh, to just north of Grand Rapids, about an hour or so, hour and a half, to um, get the soil built. Got a customer with some high fours, low fives. So we'll be turning in quite a bit of ag lime. We're going to get our They've got low potassium, which is pretty common in our what I call our Michigan dirty sand soil. We usually have extremes. Either it's real sandy with a little bit of color, uh, goldenrod color, or, you know, clay and rock, which we just left down in the Albion, Michigan area, Jackson, kind of down where Jared has property. But um, we are going to be correcting the soil. We're going to be using pellet lime, uh, pelletized lime. I'm going to actually use two gallons of soil defender per acre instead of the standard, you know, one to one and a half, and uh, a little extra groganics, fusion 444, pelletized fertilizer, to be able to make sure the nutrients are immediately available to the plant so we get immediate growth, and then the humic and fulvic acid, both in groganics, as well as in the liquid KFT soil defender will start breaking down the salt and and bound up nutrients in the soil, making those more available. And as the pH rises, we will also free up some nutrients. So, But the good thing about organics is it's not something that has to go through a transformation. And the same thing with soil defender, which is even faster all of those nutrients are immediately available to that new seedling and basically to the bacteria that gather up. And those bacteria up, and they're the army that go out and gather the nutrients, bring them to the root system, attach to the roots, offload the nutrients, die, and become the root system. So when you activate those billions of bacteria, it's really important to uh, put them to work, the nutrients they need to deliver it to the plant. And I know that with the the soil defender you mentioned, um, you also can put that on, let's see, at planting or prior to planting. And then you have the foliar application to do after the seedlings have already sprouted, correct? Because that's what I'm going to look at here real soon. Yeah, so it's, uh, that's that's correct. So soil defender, um, much like Groganix, can be applied over the top of an existing food plot. Um Liquid is a little tricky because it is very quick acting. Um, the concentration of it at planting when you're ready to plant your food plots and put your seed in the ground, we run it about a 15 or 20 to 1 water to soil defender per gallon, 15 or 20 gallons of water to 1 gallon of soil defender. Um, and again, in this case, I'm doing 2 gallons to the acre, so I'm going to run that on the higher end, 20 to 1 or 20 to 2, um, so it's a little higher concentration, but I'm going to put that on the bare dirt. I'm going to work, uh, I'm going to finish the soil surface by cultipacking and then broadcast my Carnage Brassicas, Deep Woods, Clovers into 
and oats into that plot, and I'm going to cult to pack them in. And that's at planting. When you're going to spray it over existing foliage, I like to dilute it to a 30 to 1 rate. So 30 gallons of water to 1 gallon of product. I would never in encourage to go to 2 and just be too hot with a 10.55 NPK, uh, which the soil defender is. Um, and But it has a lot of stress-reducing properties, feeds the plant, activates the bacteria in the soil. With this rain we're getting, water activates really pushes the uh, and activates the energy that soil defender brings to the plantings and in the soil itself. So you know this is right on time. You know right on time and right on target to be using liquid soil defender this time of the year on your plots you planted maybe two or three or four weeks ago. Yep, that sounds exactly right. I'm thinking either between the backpack sprayer or if I can get around with the HCV sprayer without doing too much damage, um, laying on that, that 30 to 1 is going to be pretty pretty awesome here soon. Yeah, that will definitely kick start your, uh, or kick, kick your uh, brassicas right in the butt and get them, get them jacked. So. Now, Nick, um, when you're when you're up there planting today, what sort of seed blends are you focusing on this time of year? Um, I know brassicas, you know, a lot of guys like to get them in in late July or, or early August. I've planted brassicas up till now for sure. But um, what are you focusing on, like, today or, or this time of the year? Well, I'll be planting our carnage brassicas. Like I said, carnage brassicas, deep wood, our resurrection clover. Fall is a great time to get our resurrection clover and chicory in the ground, get them established. Um, they can really focus on growing a nice deep root system over the winter, and that will be invaluable going into the spring thaw to help all your whitetail recover from rut, help those does who are now carrying their unborn fawn, to not only to start continue growing that unborn fawn, but to continue to develop good lactation so they have the milk to provide a two to two and a half month lactation cycle, which kickstarts your next generation of buck and doe fawns. Yep, that makes sense to me. I'm thinking... Um even even with that, having that that clover pop in the spring is just awesome. Your your resurrection clover is one of my favorites. Yeah, those you know, and, and I don't want to misguide and say, hey, you won't see growth this fall because you certainly will, especially if we continue on this nice weather pattern we're on, uh, which I am anticipating a warm September. We should be in pretty good shape, so you should see that up chicory been popping pretty quickly out of the ground uh, in all of our spots. I planted a spot down in Montgomery, Michigan, right up in Fremont, uh, Indiana area. Uh, we finished up planting on Friday. I went back and checked that the last couple plots and on Monday, and they were already popping. So, you know, it's pretty quick. We got the moisture. We, get, you know, we took care of the soil. Did the Groganics soil defender regimen at one gallon an acre there of soil defender to 
120 pounds, which is three bags of Droganix Fusion 444, and had to put some potassium down to it, 120 pounds an acre. But we're we're rocking down there, and things are looking good. Outstanding. Now, Nick, I want to get into some uh, layout tactics for applying and planting your fall plots. Like if somebody's got a cornfield or a bean field maybe, are you doing anything fancy like uh, mowing certain areas and, and getting some fall food mixed in with some grains or, or anything like that? Well, we created Crop Duster uh, a couple of years ago where we were utilizing deep woods in standing corn and carnage brassicas in standing beans um, and or deep woods for that matter, and then incorporating some of our lethal oats as well to get some extra cereal grain and quick growth in between those rows of corn and bean. But we actually created crop duster because I had several farmers saying, hey, come here, no more rape in the fields. You know, we didn't want rape when they're going from corn to beans. Now they uh, rape can tend to bolt in the spring and create a bunch of free seedlings that drop in a pile and create a challenge when you're trying to grow soybeans, and they're very competitive, as anybody who knows that's ever planted our carnage brassicas, our brassica blends are intense. So I always joke and say, don't put them on too heavy because they'll do the UFC throwdown chokehold on themselves. So, you know, <laughs> feed them according to the bag. But uh, with farmers, they didn't want the rate because it would bolt in the spring, and what that means is run up a stem up in the air, create seed pods, uh, produce more lot, you know, viable seed, drop it in a pile, and all of a sudden you've got these pockets of brassicas all over their bean field, and there is a certain period at which they have to wait before they can spray weeds and, and obviously residual carryover cover crop, food plot type things uh, in the field for the, before they can spray their Roundup Ready soybeans. So they asked me to come up with some mix that could be a good cover crop, good, you know, high-quality forage, but wouldn't compete with their beans in the spring. And so we created Crop Duster, which delivers three cereal grains in our KFP Lethal Oats, our newer KFP Extra Sweet Triticale, which is a just a powerhouse uh, grain, produces a lot of forage, uh, very, very palatable, much like rye produces a lot of food, but rye is one of the least desired um, in the early season, one of the least desired food grain sources. But in the winter months, the deer really go to rye and they love the seed head and, and, you know, it helps them survive and bridge that gap to spring. So, and then we have rye in there for that later kind of carryover so they don't eat it too early. Um, in addition, we have the KFP radishes, which, you know, you guys have planted our radishes. They get big and broad leaf, oh, yeah. lots of tonnage quickly, easy to grow. And then we have, uh, for our final punch, from a protein standpoint, we have our crimson white clover in that mix. So it's a sister product to Deep Woods, just without the rape and the addition of triticale and lethal oats. And we took the uh, winter wheat out of that mix. That would normally be in Deep Woods in the crop duster as well. So I'm a big fan of cereal grains in the winter. It's really important to mimic natural browse and to stimulate that digestive function in the whitetail so they don't completely crash, their system doesn't crash, which 
you know, can cause a lot of problems coming out of the winter months and the cold months without food sources. You don't want your deer to crash below that kind of uh, that bottom line, if you will, because it takes a lot longer for them to recover, even with real high-quality food. It can delay fawn growth by two-plus weeks. It can, you know, really, really delay antler growth and, you know, body recovery, which leads to both of those things. And then, of course, milk and lactation cycle uh, are reduced and or, you know, does will start to abort their babies if they can't maintain their own quality of life and get their health where it needs to be. So um, it's just an important feature that in a food plot that's not just a food source to kill a deer over, but it's, it's very vital for them going into the late winter months along with your carbohydrates from your brassica blends. Excellent. Yeah, lots of options in your different blends, and that, that's what makes it so easy for us when people are asking what the plant, what time of year, and, and what situation. You've got a bag and a plan for just about every situation. That's one of the many things we love about your products for sure. Well, thanks, Brian. Well, the thing that's important is to understand is that each one of those seeds in that blend are, you know, the KFC-specific seed species is made to complement the other seed in the bag. It's made to coexist and work, and it's intentional in the feeding at critical moments throughout the growing season for your white-tailed deer herd. And, you know, it's not just a concoction of random seeds thrown in a bag, you know. Uh, it really has purpose and science and foundation behind it in a, in a critical uh, time of the year being fall and late winter when deer really need certain nutrients types of nutrients, I should say, and proteins that are available later in the year for recovery during late rut and post-rut, along with those cereal grains we mentioned, and then the daily carbs for their energy. Yeah, that, that's excellent. And like you mentioned, you changed one of the blends, and I think you said you took winter wheat out of one. It's an ongoing uh, process with you. You're always trying to improve and always trying to make the blends better, and that just ends up with a better product for the consumer on the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, everything is is uh, in motion, not only in my head and my body in motion, but, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking because I don't sleep very much and I get a, a lot of road time, a lot of tractor time. I'm always, you know, consulting and figuring out what the right combinations and hopefully in 2022 we'll have some new blends coming out. I know I talked to you guys about our perennial grasses and our killer whitetail wall and some other things. That, oh, yeah. you know, with just with COVID and just supply and demand and packaging and just a lot of hurdles, I had to kind of pull back on that. But we're hoping to right. be moving full steam ahead going into uh, later this fall. We should have those products available on our website. And honestly, uh, frost eating those in is the best way to get them started um, anyway. So it should be right on time for folks. And, you know, obviously I'll get you guys that information so you can share that with your listeners and and uh, with your own clients appreciate that for sure um, so I got a situation where I did a lot of no-till this summer and some of the stuff is starting to peter out as we get into the fall here I think I have enough bare ground still that I could see that I shouldn't have any trouble broadcasting but what would you recommend if somebody's got a thick stand of something and they want to 
completely change it to the fall? Should they mow it or spray it, or how would you go about tackling that? Well, if they have a, a thick stand of actual food, uh, depending on what that food is, if it's, you know, um, you know, if it's a standing cover crop grain or if it's buckwheat or, you know, some of those, those are factors that will determine how I would approach that. But depending on how thick it is, you should be able to broadcast carnage brassicas, deep woods, crop duster, lethal oats, um, you know, clovers, chicory, RKFP chicory, pretty much all of those varieties will do well in an overcast. And then I would mow down to create basically a thatch from those products. And then after you're done, I would roll it with a call to packer or a yard roller and then plan on spraying right over the top of that with a with a uh, 20 to 1 rate liquid soil defender and then put down 120 pounds, and that's per acre, and 120 pounds of organic fusion 444. Or if you already have optimum phosphorus in your soil test results, then you can run the Groganix hydration 705 Gen 2, which is the pelletized, not the bulk Gen 1 hydration, right over the top of that and off to the race as you go. Um, it's difficult with a thick stand. You want to allow that sunlight to get to the ground and you want the new seedlings to be able to push up and out. So by brush hogging and, and breaking up some of that foliage should put you put the seedlings in a good in a good spot to be able to push on through that. Nick, what I like about your answer to that question is it's it's simple, but it's also a full development, a full developed strategy. It's not just kill the ground, throw the throw the seed out there, and pray for rain. Um, you know, you got the hydration going there. You have the fertilizer going there for when those do sprout. You know, you, you really. That's quite a quite a detailed plan for a simple plan, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it simple. You know, I know sometimes I, I'm certainly guilty of being the mad scientist and going too deep, and everybody's been through biology class, if not in college, certainly in high school. And for most people, it was like, oh, my God, is this class over yet? Uh, for me, in my adult life, uh, you know, I, I really dig, have dug in and, and really interested in it. So, um, but I try to keep it simple. You know, we need to keep it simple. A backpack sprayer, a pump sprayer a rake, um, a weed whip, or, you know, a way to mow down, you know, any cover crop. Or if you have weeds, you know, make sure, you know, different approach. If you have weeds, I would spray them heavily with, you know, a glyphosate. I would not use a 2,4-D because it has a 30- to 40-day residual and nothing's going to grow up through that, uh, broadleaf-wise anyway. So make sure you use glyphosate-based grass and weed killer. Do a good, you know, follow the label and the application, but usually about three ounces per gallon of water. If you have access to granular or liquid ammonium sulfate, I would add that into the water prior to adding your glyphosate because it really softens the water, allows the uh, glyphosate to wet out when it hits the, the surface of the grass and weeds and what, what I mean by that is if you've ever seen a drop of water sitting on a leaf, 
in a single drop, that's the penetrant and the action is happening in that one spot. What you want is you want that water droplets of glyphosate when they hit the leaf to wet out and the whole surface be covered. You get a more rapid kill and a more efficient kill without having to go back to do it twice. And if you use ammonium sulfate along with glyphosate, now I use, you know, the name brand uh, glyphosate and Roundup just because I like the surfactants and things that are already in their mix. But, you know, you can use any generic variety that's out there. You know, use your PPE and be safe. Don't try to get it on your hands and in your face, eyes, all that kind of stuff. Be, be cautious of it. But only time you'll see me wearing a, you know, all suited up is when I'm dealing with that type of a chemical. But, you know, put that in your sprayer, whether it's on your quad, your side-by-side, or just by hand with a pump sprayer. You can get, a, get an even coat. If you've got real tall weeds, spray it from the top down because that's where those plants are going to take it in. And then uh, lower your boom or, you know, your application and kind of push through the weeds and spray the things, the lower weeds. Once you've done that and it's dry, you literally can broadcast your seed right into those plantings within 24 to 48 hours that should be already into the plant, started to do its good work. And within three to five days, uh, it should be all the way to the root system. You should be able to knock it down like we discussed, you know, broadcast your seed, uh, mow all that vegetation down either with a weed whipper, you're, you're riding lawnmower, you know, whatever means, or if you have a tractor with a brush hog or some other type of uh, finish mower, zero turn, go in there and knock all those weeds down, grind them up good, and then follow the application of spraying the soil defender at a 20 to 1 rate, and the Groganics at 120 pounds an acre um, should be rocking and rolling within a week on your seed. Amen. That is awesome. And I want to, I want to, Make sure to ask you this. I know, you know, your your seed is in a lot of different places for people right now. You know, all the new tractor supply stores that it's been. So congrats on that. That's a huge move. Um, we also have our, our podcast discount for those of you who want to support. It's HP 10%, 10% off and free shipping on all Nick's seeds. So I, but I wanted to ask you, what are your top three selling seed choices currently? Well, I mean, this time of the year, the you know top products are deep woods, easy to grow. Uh, Carnage brassicas are you know a favorite. Everybody likes their brassicas, and uh, lethal oats are another big one this time of the year. Crop duster is really um, probably the number. Number three, it's creeping up on carnage and trying to catch its big brother, Deepwoods. But, uh, you know, those are common, very, very common seed blends for us to sell quite a bit of. Um, And so it's important to make sure you're choosing the right seed blend for your conditions, for your light conditions. Deepwoods will grow from full sun down to two hours. Lethal winter oats will grow and just daylight, you know, all the way to full sun. Carnage brassicas needs about three to four hours of sunlight throughout the day, you know, so you want to make sure you check that information out on the website. Killerfoodplots.com uh, is our website. You can go there, get more information, check out Soil Defender, Aqua Shield for pond treatment, and Soil Defender as well. And one thing we created um, 
the end of last year that I think is helpful based on the questions I get is, you know, what products do I need to grow a successful killer food plot? So we put together the KFP bundles. And so whether you want an annual bundle that includes carnage or deep wood, or you're looking for a perennial bundle, which contain, you know, contains resurrection clover or one of the other blends, we have bundles on the website that not only put the right things together, a soil test, grow organic fertilizer, uh, liquid soil defender, and the right seed for your application, but they also are equipping that person who's maybe unsure or has planted food plots with minimal success or they have a new spot they want to start, and it will save them additional money and give them all the tools they need to be successful starting with that soil test. We turn those soil test results around in 24 hours or less after they hit the door at our lab. So if you can get the soil collected and in the pouch, shipped off to our lab, uh, they're very quick. Gets there in the afternoon usually, uh, UPS or USPS. I usually send it through the post office in a priority box. And once it's there, by the morning when you wake up, you have the results in your email. Yep, I've personally used that service um, many years in a row now, and you are not lying when you say the you know the quick turnaround, um, and those kits are available as well. So it's it's really something that again, without just throwing seed out and praying for rain, doing your due diligence, making sure you're you know concocting the right recipe for your your fall plots. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know we're trying. We're learning um, from our customer base, you know, what they need as far as information, what products that they're asking for, the help they're asking for on a regular basis. Um, you know, we've, we added some ratios and how to mix for the small backpack sprayer or one-gallon sprayers on the website for Soil Defender because it seemed to be a very regular question prior to buying the product. How do I use it? How do I mix it? How much do I need? So that's been added recently to the website that breaks it all the way down. So it's not, you know, not only taking into account like a bigger 30, 40, 50, 60 gallon sprayer tank, but actually, you know, those that are doing kind of the, the low budget, quick uh, type food plot installs with a one gallon or two gallon pump sprayer or a backpack sprayer. So all that information is now available on our website. And we also did the same for AquaShield for the pond treatment, which is right now is a great time to get that in your pond, uh, activating the bacteria and addressing, you know, your high larva counts with uh, mosquitoes, no seams, and that darn midge fly. So. Yes, sir. And I wanted to, um, you know, that's a great rundown on some fall food plot guidelines here for anybody who's still we're still thinking this podcast is going to go live, and, and guys, you're 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 not too late. So, you know, feel free. I'm I still plant up into Labor Day weekend many times. So, feel free to check out Nick's stuff at KillerFoodPlots.com. And then Nick, thanks for your your time on that stuff today. I want to ask you one final question here. Um, where, where are you going to go hunting this fall? I know you're really busy, and uh, you don't always get to get the time from the business and, and everything else, but I'm hoping you're going to be in the woods this fall. What, what are your plans? Well, I'm going to try to do a little hunting here in Michigan, and I've got my kind of standing invite to go hunt with one of my 
longtime friends in down in Mount Vernon, Illinois. So I sent him some seed this week to get in the ground, um, hoping to steal at least five to seven days and get down and hang out with Ryan down there. And um, and then I have my leaf in southeast Ohio, which is rugged, and I'll I'll be doing my due diligence to get into my prime form before I go there uh, the week before Thanksgiving and the week of Thanksgiving are the two weeks I usually hunt that leaf um, down in southeast Ohio. But it's rugged ground up and down hills. It's thick and nasty and, you know, those big boys are smart. So um, I've only hunted the ground a couple times uh, for about five days last year and only three days the year before that. So I kind of got the lay of the land and Last year we had some good encounters, just not the bucks I'm looking for. Saw some nice high 130s and a 140, but um, we have some big boys running around there in 160, 180 range, so I'm hoping to connect with one of them this year. If not, I'm going to get some great time in a tree and hit the pressure relief valve and relax a little bit and collect my thoughts and my sanity back up and get back at it because we have the uh, ACA will be here before we know it. Um, that's down in Louisville, Kentucky this year, so that'll definitely have me on my toes getting the final touches done on new products and new releases. Appreciate you guys having me on today. Anytime, Nick. Anytime. Glad we could make this work. And uh, yeah, no, I think your uh, your fall hunting plan sounds sounds great. At least get that R and R and and you know that good peaceful time in the woods. That's my favorite part. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, ATA will be here before you know it. Brian and I were actually just talking about those plans, making those plans before you hopped on today. So, um, it looks like we'll be seeing you there. Oh, that'll be great. Well, I tell you, I just encourage people, man, food plots are a great thing to do as a family. So, you know, whether the husband or the wife are the primary hunter in the house, you can get, you know, one or the other involved, get your kids involved, you know, get out there in the outdoors spend some time putting some seed in the ground. It's super rewarding to grow things. Um, I, you know, it's a great way to get kids involved in hunting and the outdoors and, you know, get them off their electronics and get them outdoors doing something fun, getting dirty and, and seeing the results and the fruits of their labor. You know, you reap what you sow and put a good hard day's work or so or two into a food plot and you can really see those results materialize quickly. And I think that, is important when you're trying to get more kids involved in the outdoors. Well said, Nick. And, and thanks again for hopping on today. Thanks, Nick. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it always. Always good to talk with you guys, and uh, good luck to you guys this fall. And I know we'll be touching base soon, and let me know how it goes. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at HabitatPodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal 
you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Exodus Trail Cameras, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Packer Max Cultipackers, Huntwise, Killer Food Plots, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. <laughs> <laughs>